0: listening to the PASCO Podcast with Mike Garballa. Welcome to season three of PASCO Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of PASCO County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Karbala and welcome to our 36th episode of Pasco Podcast. November 15th is a busy day this year. We're celebrating two things here in Pasco County, America Recycles Day and GIS Day. In Pasco, we have two very dedicated teams focusing on each of these things, and believe it or not, they even sometimes work together to serve you, the citizens of Pasco County. So joining us today is Solid Waste Director, Justin Ressler, and Geographic Information Services Manager, Jeremy Edwards. So Jeremy, Justin, thanks for joining us today. Let's just start by learning a little bit about each of each one of you. So Jeremy, give us, give us a little bit okay. of your about, about your background and your journey to Pasco County.
1: All right. Uh, I started, uh, I moved to Pasco uh, in fifth grade. We moved to Likuchi from uh, Tampa. Okay. So I've spent most of my life on the east side of the county. Uh, I went to uh, Pasco Comprehensive High School, which is now Pasco High. Uh, I thought, I don't want to be in Pasco anymore. Let's go somewhere else. So I moved back to Tampa, uh, started school, uh, went to USF, got my master's there in uh, geography. Okay. uh, Decided that really, Tampa is not where I need to be. Uh, I missed Pasco and I wanted to come home. And this is the place where, you know, I started and I wanted to find... Uh, a use for my skills in and, and the place that made me feel comfortable growing up. So I came to the county 17 years ago. 17. Wow. And uh, I started as a uh, an analyst. I was the first analyst actually that they had for GIS in the county uh, before they were CAD technicians. So they didn't even have a GIS uh, actual position in the books until I started, and uh, I moved my way up to supervisor and then manager along the way. We took addressing in from a main uh, mainframe, put it on a map, which caused all kinds of trouble. Uh, and uh, since then, we've just been growing our uh, our business from the printed map to the 24 hours always available uh, data that is publicly. Yeah available now. and and
0: it's data that we can't live without uh. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean I, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't just go click I'm a visual a very visual person and mm-hmm. so when I just sit back and 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 I look at the tools that you guys have have created and really literally created in this county because uh, you know I happen to know we we happen to have been just digitally challenged <laughs> even even 17 years ago um, it, it's it's absolutely um, amazing and we've actually I had a great conversation too with some other folks just even before coming here today on on new maps mm-hmm. and how we're actually going to be pushing to have more more, more current data, more frequently, mm-hmm. uh, just given given the pace of growth here. And so I can't imagine what we would do without it.
1: Yeah, when we when we started, there were six of us in GIS, and now we have fifty desktop licenses and about a hundred field workers that are all working in GIS. Um, we never thought we would be able to maintain that that load uh and we're about to get new licensing that's going to unleash it to the rest of the county
0: oh that's fantastic we'll we'll, we'll come back to that there in just a second so justin how about you talk to us a little bit about your journey uh where you come from and and how you came here to pasco county
2: sure so how does one become a garbage man um (laughs) so i grew up in in columbus ohio i went to the university of florida studied environmental engineering i think like most 18 year olds you you pick a major based on what you think it is and so i thought i was going to go hiking um (laughs) that's not what ended up happening uh so i kind of got into it learned a lot more about all the different environmental fields. Got an opportunity to, to start working in solid waste. Um, just met a lot of great people, um, got to learn a lot, got to face a lot of different challenges. And so uh, just kind of continued on that path. Um, hung around in Gainesville for a long time, ended up getting my PhD in environmental engineering, working on a number of issues related to landfills and, and waste energy. Um, was out in the private sector for a couple of years, and then landed here in in Pasco. I've been here about uh, six years.
0: Wow, has it been six years? It's been six years. Oh my yes. goodness gracious! Uh, it feels like six minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you, that's that's great. Um, you know, so you know, Justin too. It, uh, you know, getting into environment. I'm an environmental engineer, also, right? So, what 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 steered you towards the landfill? You know, I kind of focused on the water side of the house. You you kind of on that solid waste side. What what got you into that?
2: Really, I think it was just the unique set of problems that that there are in solid waste and some of the, the challenges that we kind of have to work through. And, and it's such an important resource, right? And, and everybody puts it out by the curb and it goes away and then you don't really think about it. Right. But there's a lot of men and women behind the scenes working hard to make sure that it's handled in the most efficient way possible, the most environmentally protective way possible. And it's a, a pretty Complex and complicated industry. Once you get into the details,
0: it really is, really is. But I, I think it's fun. It's all it's all it's intriguing fun. to me. Yeah. But I, I might be a little nerdy on that. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, Jeremy, let's let's talk about GIS Day, right? So we talk about Geography Awareness Week, and and in its simplest form, we know that you know GIS blends geography with data, Mm -hmm. and you create real-world applications for us to to leverage and use that data. So talk about what that looks like here in Pasco County. Uh,
1: In Pasco, um, what we've done is we've uh, been able to make uh, web browsers uh, for the most part. That's how most people consume our data. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the data goes out through a web server. Uh, But before all that, it starts in a database. So for a lot of people in GIS, you know, when you when you see the data on on the screen you think it's a map you know my mom says what is that i'm like okay when you see google maps you go to the other side of the screen that's my job you know and <laughs> sure <laughs> and so what gis really is is it's you know a set of rows in a database that have data attached to it and we can query those and we can do things with them we can analyze it and it's more than just you know a printed representation so when you're working with gis you have to be a jack of all trades, which is kind of why we're kind of unique in, in okay. our, our environment because you have to know some programming, you have to know some SQL, you have to know some design concepts <clears throat> and you have to know how to lay out on paper. You have to know um, how to do keep a server running uh, you know, so well, beyond that,
0: you got to be smart enough too <laughs> to, to know what the average person is going to be looking for and how to make it intelligible. to Right. To people, right?
1: If if we give them too much and, and the problem that, that we have a lot of times is we're so used to seeing and knowing what we know that we have to remember that this is being designed for someone who just wants an answer. I don't want to see a thousand things. I don't want a hundred tools that I'm never going to use. I want to find my parcel. I want to find my flood zone. I want to find the information I need to give my insurance company. You know, it's, it's so it, it needs to be complex and simple at the same time. And I think a lot of times that's that's where the art of it is, is trying to make it accessible for people and not just, you know, there's a, a big bucket of data that that we have to sift through.
0: So so I mean, you know, I, I can think of so many applications, you know, uh, involved with GIS and you guys. You know, part of making that easier, right, is you, you deal with things in layers, mm-hmm. right? So you can turn layers on, turn mm-hmm. layers off and do all that. What do you see is just kind of, I mean, where's the future of this of this going?
1: Um, well, there's there's really some cool things going on. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the VR space and augmented reality. And some of the things that they're so doing. VR meaning virtual reality, right? Yeah, virtual right, reality. Okay. So uh, some of the things that they're doing now is they're using the data for lines, uh, sewer lines, valves, that kind of thing. And instead of being on a screen and a map, and you're looking down on it, you put on the glasses and you can see it, where the lines are, where the pipes are, and where they would be underground. So wow. it's kind of moving in that direction. So for field people, instead of you know having to have the the stick and you know like, where's my location? I throw
0: you know, my goggles on out there in the field, I'm, I'm connected. And then I'm like, oh, I just gotta be right here. Yeah. And here it is.
1: And then there, there's a lot of um, AI in the background for remote sensing. So um, we're using it now to get uh, like roofs and buildings. So we know how many buildings are, are in the county. We can go through and what used to take uh, weeks and weeks and weeks uh, can be done by training the computer to know what a roof looks like, what type of roof it is. Um, this is great for uh, the property appraiser because they can see uh, when a parcel has been changed instead of having to go out and look at it. They can run the tools on the aerial and say, "Okay, there used to be grass here. Now there's a roof there. There, you know, used to be uh, a lake, and now there's a subdivision. Uh, you know, so so you can find out a lot of stuff without really having to go out uh, and look at the area. It saves a lot of time, saves a lot of money, uh, and it lets us also know, you know, if you're going in an environmental, uh, you know, um, path." We can see where the the building has happened, where we want to keep the building, you know, what are the best types of um, lands and areas to use if we're going to expand, because you know, a lot of people are very, you know, keep Pasco natural. And with our data, you know, we can do analysis to kind of find the best places to keep Pasco natural but still be able to build
0: fantastic. So many possibilities with artificial intelligence. We, we talked a little bit about it yesterday at the at the team leaders meeting where we were, you know, just kind of looking at what what opportunities are there mm-hmm. to use artificial intelligence in, in government. But you hit on the environmental side. So Justin segues kind of back to you a little bit. You know, let's let's talk about uh, America Recycles Day and, and part of our solid waste department. You guys have a fantastic record. of of recycling um as well as just environmental stewardship in general so why don't you kind of talk to us about those those areas of your program
2: sure so uh pasco county has a curbside recycling program that's the program that i think everybody is typically familiar with right so you put your recycling out by the curb it comes into our facility it gets aggregated then ultimately it gets sorted out into the different materials that we recycle whether that's paper plastic uh, metal things like Mm -hmm. that And, and one thing that's really important to think about is that recycling is a commodity Right. And so really, it, it's subject to market fluctuations. Right. And so there's going to be times when those commodities are in high demand and there's going to be in times when they're in, in less demand. But you
0: don't have a choice. We're, we're still collecting it. We've got to push ride it through. Away, right. Yeah. And so yeah.
2: it, it, it's something that over time it's it sort of evens out. And so that's really the first first line of defense there. Right. So you would say reduce, reuse, recycle. And beyond that is recover. So you want to recover um, energy from the things that, that can't be recycled. Right. And so one of the ways that we do that in Pasco County is through our resource recovery facility. Um, that combusts the remaining trash that, that doesn't get set out in, in, into sustainable green energy. And so that's something that we're very proud of as well. Okay. Uh, another thing that I think that naturally the focus is moving to is something called sustainable materials management, okay. right? So it's it's getting away from thinking of things as a waste product and thinking of them as a resource, right? So what are you going to do with them in their sort of second life, right? How are they going to be handled? How can we make smart decision making up front, whether that's using different types of packaging materials or or thinking about... How we can handle all of our different byproducts, um, and, and so that they can serve serve everybody long term.
0: I mean, you guys have been experimenting too with um, with even the ash byproducts, right of of the uh, of the waste energy facility, right? Because I don't know if a lot of folks, you know, may not be aware of it. You know, you said the resource recovery uh, center, but for those that may not be aware, we operate a power plant in this county, right? We. I mean, the, the, the waste products that we don't recycle, which, so that's obviously we try to do that first line, uh, but that, which can't be recycled or isn't recycled is, is then essentially incinerated and, and turned into electricity, um, which reduces the volume ultimately, and so it provides a great product, but then it reduces that volume. Uh, and then you've got this ash product that you're dealing with. I, I know you guys have tried a couple of different things. You're looking at some stuff, just uh, maybe talk sure. a little bit so, about that.
2: So, um, one of the things that you don't think about is manufacture of cement. Hmm. Right. So you you think about concrete that comes down and it's going to pave your sidewalk or it's going to put the slab down for your house. Really, that that's the cake. Uh, Cement is kind of yeast in that cake. Right. It's the it's the raw material that you use to to create the concrete. And so cements manufactured in kilns and it takes a lot of raw materials. Right. Iron, aluminum, silica. Um, And so one of the things that we've had some success with is taking our ash and using it as an ingredient in cement manufacture. Right. Um, Again, finding another second life those materials uh providing some additional benefits to the environment not having to dig up and mine those raw materials right um, so that's something we're continuously working on to e- explore partnerships long term to reuse the little bit that's left over once once it is combusted
0: yeah it is a little bit i you know yeah. folks don't realize that it's probably about an 80 to 90 percent reduction in volume and. I mean that that saves saves land, saves valuable land, saves valuable resources. So a lot of great stuff that you're doing there, which is which is fantastic. So I mean, question generally for both of you. I mean, what what does it mean? I mean, you, it's kind of nice that that industry and that the you know the country kind of recognizes a day for recycling, a, a day for. <laughs> I, I honestly, Jerry, I did not know we had geography <laughs> awareness week. I've always you know we always had recycling and Earth Day yeah. and those and those types of things. So uh, so maybe we'll start with you. What, I mean, what does that mean for you? I mean, is this is is this kind of validating? Does um, this help? I, I mean, mean,
1: it is nice that you know. When I when I went into geography, because uh, you go into geography and, you know, your parents say, well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make professor. maps. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, you can tell everybody where stuff is at Walmart. Like, like, no, no, no. There's more we can do with that. Right. So, you know, as as uh, I went through and learned about the science of it um that's kind of what what we try to push on on gis day that it's mm-hmm. more than just a map it's more than just a picture you know there's analysis that you can do serious analysis uh for even just for Adalia when we went through uh, right. you know, some of the questions were you know where is the the issues you know where are all the damaged areas and then the question with that was okay what is the income level of those areas that have been hit and can we find the ratio of income to damage, you know, and we're able to do those kind of analysis and and find the the data that is needed to you know answer questions. So GIS day is it's more about the the topological relationships. That's the mm-hmm. word for the day. Got it. Um, is, you know, topological it's, it's how things Got relate to each on. other. And that's really GIS is, you know, is it in it, is it next to it? Is it close to it? You know, so so GIS is more just those relationships between things. And it's nice to be able to tell people that, you know, we don't just have maps. It's not just, you know, how do I get there from here? You know, it's what can I do with that? And Yeah, what you connect, can I teach me? connecting
0: that data to those spaces. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. Like I said, just so many opportunities. And I remember during Adalia, too, we were really relying heavy on that. And then during the damage assessment phase, actually letting mm-hmm. our citizens kind of go in, report stuff and then watching that stuff populate real time, mm-hmm. you know, because you had. Geographic locations, and now, now more data, right? Not right. only do you have the little two-dimensional map, now you've got photos of damage, you've got records of what's what's going on, and you just you tie
1: it to that little little yeah. point on the map, and we can attach all that, and of course, you know, it's back in the database, mm-hmm. so uh, we have it forever. Uh, you know, we can be able to find all those hotspots between all the different um, storms, you know, to build a better picture of what is going to happen in the long term. Uh, you know, they're starting to work on the resiliency plans for the county, and we can look at the modeled 10-foot, uh, you know, sea rise and what buildings are there. If we're going to rebuild, where will we rebuild at if we know there's going to be issues? So, you know, these are our models and and predictive tools that we have to kind of help, um, you know, show where our future is going. And so GIS, you know, what is GIS? You know, uh, it's it's that you know it's yeah. being able to use your data to you know come up with answers for the future. And,
0: and thanks, it's it's that's it's, it's such a better in depth in depth discussion because you know <laughs> if I if I had to give the quick two second response to my kids and they ask, ah, it's it's Google Maps, guys. Let's <laughs> just let's move on. So so uh, talk about uh, you know America Recycles Day, obviously, right? You're are you know being in the environmental industry, you know we we there's there's been a lot of progress made on the environmental front. What's it mean to you and your teams to have have that special recognition? I think Justin?
2: it's a it's a good day to to celebrate and highlight. The people that are doing the work behind the scenes, right? If you're in the, the waste and recycling business, uh, the the joke that I always make with my team is you got to have good sense of humor, right? It's a it's a dirty job, <laughs> yeah, and, it and, it, and it's really a silent service, right? And so it, it's it's good to highlight all the hard hardworking folks um, who are out there every day getting things done and, and helping with these you know vital processes. You know, when you look at waste energy as one example, that's something that's reducing global warming, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Waste when you put it in a landfill turns into methane. That methane produces greenhouse gas. You don't produce methane when you're combusting things in a waste energy facility, right? So that's another benefit that we have that we don't talk about enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just just a good day to celebrate our team and our people and the things that uh, they're out there doing every day behind the scenes.
0: Yep, like you say, silent service, <laughs> definitely. Except at four in the morning when that garbage truck's coming down. The <laughs> so uh, Justin, uh, maybe maybe talk to us a little bit about what what can we do as everyday citizens in Pasco County to to celebrate America Recycles Day
2: um i think the biggest thing is recycling participation right so one fun fact is about 33 percent of pasco county recycles that's it that's it wow so to celebrate America recycles day tell your friend um get them to go out get a garbage can work with your hauler set out your recycling bring it to one of our four drop-off locations you can find on our website um, and get that participation up because ultimately that keeps material out of landfill that keeps the footprint of our site down and as low as possible and so i think it's all about outreach and education right it's about recycling, but it's also about recycling right. So, what does that mean? It means no products that have food on them that are contaminated that way. It means no glass because, unfortunately, there's no market for that. Right? There's no end use. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people think that recycling glass. It seems like that's the easiest, the easiest thing to do. And I always tell them, well, it you know, that it weighs a lot, and we have a lot of sand on the earth, guys. <laughs> it's it's you know, it, it seems like something, but in terms of the preciousness of the commodities and the materials, metals, paper, those those are those are the real. Real things there. Um, Jeremy, kind of same thing for you. Let's let's talk about uh, you know, what what can we do to celebrate, you know, uh. Geography <laughs> Awareness <laughs> Week or, you know, I mean
1: um, I would say um, try to <laughs> it's kind of like hard a GIS to, guy. Yeah, I, what I don't what know. You do for <laughs> GIS day. Um, I would say just go go out and look, you know, explore a map, um, see what's online, see what uh, what's available. Uh, great things to go to are the National Geographic website. Like there's a a lot of tools there to see how maps work, how data is collected. You have some real super professionals that, you know, that's what they do. And they make really nice products, but they also have a lot of information behind them. Um, I would say, you know, see what resources we as the county have. We've got Pasco Mapper, right? (laughs) That's right. So come to the county website, you know, and and see our mapping tools uh, and let us know what Would you like to see what needs to be there? What are we missing? Because, you know, a a lot of the stuff we we do is we focus on the job that we're given, you know. So sometimes we're working to work and not really working to better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a thing about GIS Day is, you know, this is maybe an opportunity to go see in what's out there and let us know how we can do a better job. Careful what you whisk for. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> well, I might need another employee. <laughs> <laughs> well, well.
0: Thanks, thanks to that, guys. You know, um, so so clearly, you know, we kind of mentioned to just a little bit. Your teams mm-hmm. do work together. I mean, probably very very recently. Why don't why, why don't we talk a little bit uh, about how that interaction works, especially after storms? I, I don't care. First, yeah, first I'll, I'll
2: kind of jump in here. Uh, so our team is uh, responsible for debris management, right? So after the hurricane comes, we get the the the. The good job of going out in the neighborhoods and helping people recover from these mm-hmm. disasters, right? Working with our teams, with public works, with our contractors to, to get all that debris up and get it to its final dis- disposal location. But, uh, you know, I, I really thought about this last night and it's, it's about all the other support folks who are behind the scenes doing work, right? So whether it's Jeremy, who's uploading our GIS tool so that citizens can report data, we can report storm damage and and, and call for debris pickup. And he's he's printing those reports out for us at, at four in the morning over the holiday weekend, or it's our fleet techs who are out there fixing broken down equipment uh, on Labor Day. It's, it's really a group effort, right? So it's easy to see our guys out in the field um, who are grabbing debris and, and thank them. But it's really, it's a whole group of people that are out there um, working to uh, to get these things done. And it, it really takes a team, right? Same with media relations, right? Mm-hmm. Managing the phones, press releases. So there's there's a lot of people that are driving that, that recovery effort. So yeah, we were able to spin up some web tools this year, right? So folks could go online, they could uh, report the debris, they could set up a pickup time um, and then give up some of our tools to our folks in the field so they know, what's Pasco County, what's newport Richie? right? Where can they go? Oh, I didn't even um, think about that. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and to have that available in real time, to mark pickups in real time, to report you know, photos so we can document that, hey, we went to this house, we, we grabbed this debris on, on such and such a day. These guys really put a lot of that together on the fly, and so it was a great, great team effort.
0: Sounds like you got to get it <laughs> done early in the morning, too, by having it done by 4 a.m., uh, so Jeremy, talk to us about that. Uh,
1: it's actually way better than it used to be because um, – Previously, we would stay up all night and print out section maps to give the field crews in the morning. Then they would go out with those maps, mark them up, bring them to us at the end of the day. We would process that data all night long, print up new maps, send them out. And with the debris pickup and damage assessment, that was the way it worked until we were able to uh, come up with interactive tools, web services that we could send them out and get real time feedback from what's being in what's being picked up as they're going through their day they don't have to wait for the next day to see what's new it's there it's there as mm-hmm. they're they're working and you know you can go and we can route if you know we ever need to go through that far and say you know what's the wow. best way to get to a job you know we can supply that information as well
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, let, let's shift gears just a little bit, and you know, one of the things we like to talk about here on this podcast is is leadership. Both of you are in leadership positions, um, formal leadership positions, of course. Uh, what 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 does leadership look like for each of you? Justin, why don't you start?
2: Yeah, I think it's about building meaningful relationships with your team and and helping them to succeed, right? We've got so many hardworking folks and and I'm really just there to try to support them and and help them get their job done, make sure that they have the tools and and resources they need and to advocate for those tools and resources and help, you know, solve any challenges they they may encounter, right? And Mm so um, it's giving people the resources they need to do the job. It's giving people the space and the the empowerment they need to do the job and and then letting them work. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a journey that, I've you know, I've been learning a lot. i have been fortunate to have a number of, of great mentors, both, you know, inside our department and throughout throughout the organization. Yeah. You've had some great bosses, I think. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, that, that gets back to our theme of people, purpose and performance. Right. You know, we give we, we take care of the people. Right. Give them give them the tools, the resources, training, equipment, everything to, to do their jobs and connect them with that purpose. You know, and, and, and again, you know, our mission right? Serving our community to create a better future. And then that, that performance, just get out of the way, you know, let them, let them do their jobs. And, you know, that doesn't mean there's not accountability along the way. Um, you know, is, you know, we still have to perform <laughs> to a certain level, but um, it, it's about giving them that space and being, being those servant leaders and, and removing those obstacles so they can be the best they can be. Fantastic, Justin.
1: Um, Jeremy. Uh, the, the same kind of thing. Uh, I think being a good leader is to know that your employees are people, Okay. And that they have lives like everybody else, and that you know, the more that we can work with them, uh, on a, it's very hard to get to that level where you want to be a friend but not a friend at the same time. Sure, you know, but but really understand that we're all in it together. You know, and what I can bring to the table uh, for a lot of people in government, uh, GIS is really a huge government type job. Uh, but oddly it's a lot of people that are fresh without very many skills. So they have all mm. the formal training, but you know, the actual, how does this work when you're trying to work it, you know, we don't get a lot of, of, that coming in. So it's, it's really nice to be able to take that experience from coming in as just a, a guy doing some editing and stuff to, you know, full analysis and, and a manager and apply that information to whatever questions they have. So mm-hmm. that um, they can come to the answers themselves, because you can't always just give them the answer.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, and, and you you hit the nail on the head of a, of another piece of taking care of people, and that's mentoring, right? Building uh, building that bench and making sure that people can be be the best versions of themselves a, at work, which is that's fantastic. That's that's another part of what leadership is about. Any uh, challenges you've experienced over the years, Jeremy? Anything you care to care to share? Talk um, about. I, th-
1: I think uh, a big challenge for us is the fun part of the job, and. and and the glamour part of the job. Okay. Wow, you made that and gave it to me, and it does everything I want. Versus, um, none of these seven thousand points are in the right place, and Ooh. somebody needs to move those. You know, so so there's there's a uh, a balance of the grunt work of what people don't see to mm-hmm. give you the glamorous results that everybody wants. You know, so and managing uh, workloads and tasks. You know, there's a a lot of cross training that you can do to kind of help spread that load out, you know, so everybody does a little bit of the stuff nobody wants to do, you know, and everybody can share in in the the great times that when we give a, a good result.
0: Cool. Cool, Justin. Same question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't
2: know how much time you got. I think uh, <laughs> you know, really, Give me one. Give uh, really, one. a couple of things come to mind. I, I think the first thing is this is something that you're never done with, right? So mm. leadership is about coming in and, and, and working hard every day, right? And it's not a it's not a problem that you can solve. It's it's a dynamic thing that you are going to have to put effort into uh, for as long as you're in a leadership role. Really, mm-hmm. as long as you're in any. Role where you're trying to make an impact and and, and make a difference. And then, one thing that I'm, I'm trying to grow on is allowing people to make what I would call small mistakes, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it can be easy if you see someone going a little bit off track to kind of jump in and say, hey, you know, this might be a, a better approach that you could use. But allowing them to sort of fail and recover and stumble along the way and then ultimately get to where they need to grow is going to allow people to have some professional growth. So. Yeah, when you give that trust, it's it's easy to say, it's hard to do. Tell me about it. And then, uh, yeah, you got to <laughs> let them make mistakes and stumble, and 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 ultimately, you, you see people succeed, and that's very rewarding.
0: Yeah, well, fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know continuing to to build your leadership skills. What uh, what types of things do you do, Justin?
2: Well, I I think I'll I'll give you one example. I work with an executive coach um, who's been really helpful, right, who's given me some feedback on on things to do, um, both help my management style Mm -hmm. and and really appreciative that the county's provided those resources and an opportunity, Um, but just highlighting different ways to think about things, right, Um, helping me work on different tools and resources and then taking those things and lessons that I've learned and sort of pushing them out to my team, right, and and doing it in a way where it's not – tutorial, right, but it's about, you know, creating a shared message and a shared vision.
1: Cool. Cool. Jeremy, what about you? Um, I think I've learned a lot from uh, my supervisors. Okay. Uh, You know, when I came into this position from the working role, you know, so I was promoted into management and uh, I try to read, I try to study, uh, but really just seeing how uh, my bosses have worked with me really helps me to kind of work and use some of those same techniques that I see them using on me, mm-hmm. you know, with my mm-hmm. employees. And uh, that so far has has been really good. And, um, you know, I think I need to do a little more training as I get a little further because you never stop learning ever. No, you, you don't. Know? And, uh, and then just being aware also that my words as a manager, as a leader, are more impactful than my words as a person. And that I think has been a really big learn for me that when I say something in a managerial role, it has a completely different effect and weight as if I was just talking to a friend, you know.
0: Yeah, I've seen things done, uh, what? Oh, I didn't say that. Well, I was just kidding, you know. And the next thing yeah. you know, right? And and you have to be you have to be mindful of that. But both of you kind of hit on that that relationship, whether it's a formal mentor or a coach or or a boss or or someone that that you admire, uh, learning from others. And I think as a lesson for all of us as leaders too, let's don't forget to to pay that forward too, right? And so making sure that we too are are developing uh you know the next the next in line Mm -hmm. you know justin you're kind of on the on the uprise of your career jeremy you're probably there with me you know just trying to uh you know make sure that we we continually give back and and share those lessons Mm -hmm. that we've that we've learned that experiential um you know, those, those experiences, you know, passing that along is invaluable. It's, it's nice to learn from <laughs> others, <laughs> others, uh, uh um, uh, shortcomings from sometimes. So, um, you know, both of your industries are growing, right? Pasco County is growing at a, at a fast clip. And we, we continue to do that, but our industries in general are growing. The demand for GIS services are growing obviously as populations boom. And, and we, 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 have to deal with environmental issues uh solid waste recycling all those are growing any advice i mean there's uh, people people have a lot of choices these days on where it is they want to work what it is they want to do any any advice for someone who might be interested in getting involved in either of your your careers jeremy let's start with you
1: um, well, when I was a, a small child and I wanted to be a GIS, uh, you know, and <laughs> did no didn't No way. Sense, you know? So it was great that you I did You were didn't folding what, out the AAA
0: maps, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's
1: my triptych? You know, like I didn't know what I wanted to be and maybe that was good because, you know, I just kind of evolved into this. But, you know, now there actually is formal training. Uh, my degree was actually geographic techniques because there was no GIS degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now there's there's a lot of uh, good programs that are out, um, but you don't have to focus on that. You know, uh, I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of people that come from environmental studies. Uh, there's a lot of people that come from computer programming. So you have, those are all skills that come into GIS. So you don't have to, use this as a goal. But if you stumble upon this, you know, it's it is really a nice uh, place to be and the the skills and opportunities you you have uh, can be amazing
0: it sounds like every day at the office is going to be a different project there's going to be something and and, and i think like you said before you, you can you get to employ so many different skills not just maybe those that you learned with with the geography degree right. but you've, you've got some pro a little bit of programming you've mm-hmm. got some analysis you've got just a whole a whole host
1: of things yeah, so I, I think i was so a if com- you got add maybe, right maybe yeah it's, it's, it's perfect because <laughs> i think i started really as a computer person you uh-huh. know but yeah. then you know i learned how to make maps i learned how to tell a story with the map And then I was able to use that. But I also had, you know, another host of skills. So if you're someone who likes to do many things and, you know, isn't quite sure uh, where the best shine is, GIS is really a nice thing to do because there's so many different functions, even within GIS itself. You know, you can do hydrology, you can do soils, you Mm -hmm. can do um, wins, you know, the, there's just so many different uh ways that you can branch off in GIS once you're here that you know it's it's just it's fun, cool, like, every day's fun, cool,
0: <laughs> and that picture's worth a thousand words, right? <laughs> so, uh, Justin,
2: yeah, a couple of things. First, I'd say come see us, um, we're always happy to give tours and and, okay. and share a little bit more information about what we do. Um, and then if you have kids, please tell them to be an engineer because we have a shortage <laughs> of engineers, we do, in, in we in certainly do. Um, but if you know, if you're not a kid, so probably most of this audience, I would just say take opportunities as they come, right? And so I had a, a boss this week say to me, things are nonlinear, right? And so sometimes it's just about getting your foot in the door um, rather than having a set by set plan as I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's just, it's about taking opportunities as they come to you. Working hard, making the most of them, finding great people to help support you, and there are a ton of those in our organization. And and yeah, you have a lot of a lot of fun along the way.
0: So. That's uh, now that's great, and I would I would echo that sentiment. So um, I guess last last couple of questions, uh, Jeremy. Dogs or cats?
2: Uh, cats,
1: cats, really? Yeah, they're definitely cats.
0: Justin, dogs or cats?
2: <laughs> Two dogs, both named after. Florida State football players because of my wife. Ooh. Yeah, I know.
0: Ooh. How do you, how does that household work? That's uh, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? She wears pants. So. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, salty or sweet, Justin? Salty, salty, sweet, sweet. Nice. What a guy. What a guy. What was your first job, Justin?
2: Oh, my first job. I worked at a golf course. I mowed the lawn.
0: Did you really? I did.
2: Rake the sand traps. Mow the lawn. Four in the morning. No
0: kidding, no. Jeremy. What about you? Uh, funeral home. On that note, thank you both for joining us here today. Uh, It was great to have you both. And special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Karbala, and we'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit MyPasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.